You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hello and welcome to Uncorking a Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin, and today we're going to do something a little different, an experiment of sorts. Usually on this program, I do a deep dive with an author and share their stories and give them an outlet to promote whatever book they're selling. While this isn't my day job, it's actually quite similar to what I do to earn a living. You see, I work in the field of qualitative marketing research, and if you've ever participated in a focus group or an in-depth interview, I'm one of the guys who's asking all the questions and then pays you for your opinions. Now, in the course of my job, I literally meet and talk to hundreds of people every year, sometimes thousands of people every year, if I have a good year, uh, which this year was not a great year. Uh, anyway, um, sometimes when I, when I talk to these people, their stories stick with me. And, you know, something they say really stands out. You know, for example, uh, a few years ago, I was in Phoenix, Arizona, and I met the woman who owned Maxi Asker's homestead. And if you don't know who Max Yasger is, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. Woodstock would not have happened without him because it actually wound up happening on his farm. You know, I was supposed to be interviewing her son about protein powders and wound up talking music with her uh, up until the point where my clients were nudging me and, and asking me to stop talking about, you know, Crosby, Stills and Nash and, and getting on to the power of protein. And I also got to interview one of the members of the village people when doing a project on business banking. Apparently, he was also their business manager, and he was the name signatory on the account. And I had to dig into why he left his former bank. Um, in that project, I actually had people you know, write Dear John letters to that bank, and I was hired by the bank, if you couldn't figure that out, to understand why, you know, why people had left uh, their, their account or closed their account. Um, so I, I came up with this exercise of writing Dear John letters to the bank, and it was all kind of fun and interesting. Anyway, in his letter, I uncovered that he went to a new bank because they offered incentives to people who were in the Navy. Oh, my God, that's such a terrible joke. Why, why do I even do things like that? It's almost as if I can't help myself. Uh, I guess it's a good thing that all the comedy clubs in Connecticut are closed right now. But so those are some interesting people who I've met. But every now and then, I do meet people in the course of my work whose stories are so powerful that they give me a reason to pause and see life just a little bit differently. And this actually happened with a woman who I interviewed last week. And to safeguard her privacy for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to change her name to Carolyn. And I normally wouldn't have to do that because, you know, I, I did have her sign a release and I, I own her interview, so to speak, uh, which is kind of standard business practice in my line of work. I, I get to own everyone's <laughs> interviews and do whatever I want with uh, their, their feedback. But um, I felt it was appropriate to kind of change her name for this. 
And let me explain why. So uh, bigger picture here, I was doing some interviews with a wide range of people last week to better understand the different ways in which the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted their lives. And I was really touched by Carolyn's story. So here's the big reveal here. Um, Just before the pandemic began, she was forced to relocate to Texas from Oregon due to a domestic violence situation. And like many of us, she had some anxiety over the fear of getting sick during uh, during the pandemic and spreading that virus to her high-risk parents. So one of the first questions I asked her about was kind of what was going through her mind during the pandemic. And this is the first thing that she told me. Yeah, so I kind of had like a lot of anxiety because um, we, again, my kids and I, we stay with my parents and uh, three of my siblings in, uh, in Texas. And so my parents both had pre-existing conditions. My my dad recently had, well, not recently, like I don't know, ten years ago, he had a liver transplant. My mom has diabetes and uh, high blood pressure, and so I just kept thinking about all the what ifs or what would happen if this happened or like it was like an explosion in my mind. Like I just kept thinking of all these crazy scenarios, and like I would just like be like wearing in gloves, like head to toe, like PPE and just thinking like, oh, don't touch this or I can't do that. You know, just like, it was just kind of scary. So at that point in the interview, I, I didn't know anything about her domestic violence situation yet. So I was thinking to myself, yeah, that that's pretty common, right? You know, a lot of people have anxiety around their health and the health of their loved ones uh, as a result of the pandemic. I certainly do. But after she kind of shared this with me, this is when she told me about her domestic violence situation. And, you know, I still had some digging to do around the emotions she experienced during the pandemic. And I assumed, you know, after, you know, after she told me about, you know, her domestic violence situation, I thought our conversation was about to go down, you know, for lack of a better term, a, a trail of tears. And that would absolutely make sense to me. Because here was a woman who had a lot of challenges thrown at her, you know, at at the same time. You know, number one, domestic violence, followed by the dissolution of her marriage, followed by moving back into her parents' home with her two young kids. Her kids were four and three. Now they're moving back into her parents' home. And in their parents' home are other adult children as well. So you're in tight quarters now during a very stressful time period. But that was my assumption that we were going to go down, um, take a trip to, to negative land. But Tom Chris, my, my old English teacher, used to say never to assume anything because when you assume, you know what happens, right? You make an ass out of you and me. So I made that assumption I was wrong because she surprised me when she found a silver lining. Listen to her talk about it. Yeah, it was pretty lonely. Uh, but at the same time, it was also... a time for me to kind of like think and reflect on things like I said before I was in like a violent relationship before and so um, it was a terrible thing that happened but it was perfect timing because a lot of women who were in violent relationships during the COVID pandemic either lost their lives or like it just got really really bad for them because of quarantining and stuff Mm -hmm. so thankfully all this happened beforehand and I was able to kind of live through the pandemic uh, alone (laughs) you know but with my kids. And so it was sometimes being lonely isn't always a bad thing. Now, one thing that I want to give you a little bit of insight into is one of the tools I use when, when I do this kind of work. So 
One tool I use is to have people I interview find pictures that represent their feelings or emotions around something. You know, for example, I might have someone bring in a picture that represents you know, how they feel about a certain brand. You know, what does the Apple brand mean to you, for example? And I had to have them find a picture that represents it. And that picture, you know, really helps to uncover emotions, right? People think visually and I can dig deeper. I can probe into you know, the elements of that picture and how it relates back to, you know, whatever brand we're talking about. And it's a simple but a very powerful way of uncovering emotions that lie just below the surface of our conscious thought. You know, what, what can I say? I always wanted to be a psychologist and, and this technique, you know, helps me pretend that I, that I actually followed that dream. Well, for this project, I asked each person to find some pictures that represented the emotions that they experienced during COVID. So the, what you're about to hear is Carolyn talking about a specific image that she brought to the interview. And this image happened to be of a claw reaching out towards a frightened person. And here I go again, because, you know, this is the white snake principle. Here I go again. <laughs> I assumed um, that it had to do with fear. Uh, she already talked about fear, but I thought that's what this image had to do. But, of course, I was wrong again. When I asked her about that image of the claw coming after her, or after the, the, the subject of the photo, this is what she told me. So it, I felt like things were out to get me, like not just COVID, but that hand kind of represented like, I don't know, things that I felt were like ripped from me. For instance, you know, I, I got married kind of early and I was in this terrible relationship. And so I came out of this relationship and um, I was able to like experience life almost for the first time. Like I went to the club for the first time in February and that was like so cool. It sounds super dorky, I know, but yeah. like I never been. And then COVID happened. So it was like something just came and took, you know, this awesome new kind of singlehood that I had and this empowering thing away from me. Um, last year, like, well, in the last, over the past year, I've lost about a hundred pounds. Wow. Like, yeah. So just like working out and exercising. And so like, you know, February was when people could really see the difference. And I was excited to like go out and go to events and stuff. And then like COVID happened. So, so by, by this point in time, my heart was really going out to her. You know, one of the things I've learned about myself over the years is that I can have a high degree of empathy for other people, even if they're complete strangers like Carolyn was. You know, I didn't know her from a hole in the wall, but I, I was feeling something for her, you know, because of her story and the challenges, but also how she chose to, to face these challenges. And, and I know my mom is the same way because neither one of us actually handles sad movies really well. You know, for example, my mom cannot watch Bambi and, you know, she certainly can't meet, can't watch, you know, Bambi meets Godzilla, um, <laughs> which is a classic. But, um, you know, I have a hard time watching Finding Nemo, you know, for the same reason, you know, when Nemo's mom bites it in the, in the beginning. So, you know, I, I did start becoming emotionally invested in, in Carolyn's story, which, you know, I'll tell you right now, is a big no-no in market research. You know, as professional moderators, we're supposed to, you know, remain objective. Um, but, uh, but here's a woman who's had, you know, curveball after curveball thrown at her and, you know, I couldn't help but to, to feel something for her and all that she'd been through. And, you know, I know that all of our lives have been impacted by this pandemic in one way or another, 
But everything Carolyn had gone through would have been extremely difficult without the COVID-19 virus. You know, it just, you know, it's almost insurmountable for some people. You could see where some people might choose just to, to kind of give up. Um, and, you know, I could see how her life could have been overwhelming, right? That sounds so silly to hear myself say that, but, but really she, she had a lot of things going on and, you know, I wanted to, to know from her, even though like it wasn't a question on my list and, and I didn't, you know, I, I shouldn't be really digging too deep into personal stories, but, um, I really wanted to know like how she handled it all, you know, how she, how she dealt with, with all of this, you know, being thrown at her. And she was kind enough to uh, open up about the following. Pray. I got uh, really close to God spiritually. This has been a, a very uh, interesting year for me. And I was constantly meditating, constantly in my Bible, praying till the anxiety went away. And then she continues. My empowerment, like I feel very much empowered. There's a lot of things I didn't know I could accomplish on my own that I did. Um, so I think that's definitely one. Another thing is probably like my relationship with God definitely got closer, you know, without the pandemic, I'd probably be like a social butterfly, just like fluttering around everywhere. And this kind of gave me the opportunity to just like seek him, you know, by myself and just like focus on God and, you know, his will for my life. So we, we started to get really deep. I mean, if, if opening up to a, a, a perfect stranger who I was, um, not saying I'm perfect, but I absolutely was a stranger um, about, about, you know, uh, domestic violence wasn't enough. She then starts talking to me about how she found comfort in, in religion and turning to her religion. And I, I hear all the time and I read all the time about millennials and, and Carolyn certainly was a millennial, you know, how, how they're turning away from religion and how more and more people are considering themselves spiritual, but not religious. So it was kind of inspiring for me that, you know, in the face of all this tragedy, Carolyn took this time to embrace her faith or, or re-embrace her faith, as the case may be. And and I'll be honest with you, you know, people who are overly religious kind of freak me out a bit. Um, and I'm a practicing Catholic, you know, and I don't know what it is, but I become, you know, quite uncomfortable when people start talking about their faith in front of me. And, and maybe that's because, you know, for me, it's a very personal matter and maybe it's because I'm, I'm careful not to offend anybody by sharing my beliefs. And I know that might sound crazy, but, but it's true for me. And the thing is, when, when Carolyn, she had no problem opening up to me about this stuff, and I actually admire her for that. And then, of course, afterwards, she, uh, she, she talked to me about other big changes that she had made in her life, including losing over 100 pounds during this time period. Um, and, and she told me about, you know, taking all this extra time that she had been given during COVID to really reinvent herself. And she's actually conscious of wanting to live with more purpose and more intent in life. One of the writing projects I have going on right now uh, is a piece of fiction. And it, it, it actually, there's a, a part of the storyline involves a, a book by Viktor Frankl called Man's Search for Meaning. And if you've never read it, I can't recommend this book anymore, um, but Viktor Frankl was a, uh, I believe it was a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Now, I, now I'm questioning <laughs> his, his, his academic training, 
But uh, he was in a concentration camp during World War II, and he, he survived, um, thankfully. And he wrote Man's Search for Meaning, which was basically, you know, it was written in two parts. You know, the first part is his reflections on his time in the camp and his belief that the people who survived the camps were people who found meaning in what they were going through. And he actually says, you know, for, for, for most people, you find meaning in, in three ways. Number one, doing meaningful work. Uh, number two, having, um, having, uh, finding meaning in love and your interpersonal relationships. And number three is courage in the face of danger, which, which, uh, he, he certainly had. And the second part of his book is, is about his therapy, uh, his therapeutic, uh, beliefs. Uh, he, he, had something called logotherapy. I can't really speak to it. Anyway, th- the point is living life with meaning. And this is something that um, that Carolyn is is really intent on doing going forward. And, and I want you to, to listen to her talk about that. So to me, this kind of represents adventure. Uh, I think that is something that you know, yeah, uh, they have this quote that's like, you know, you should live, live like you're dying, live every day like it's your last. I definitely wasn't doing that when I was in my marriage. And I definitely wasn't doing that before then. And I think I wouldn't have even thought of doing that even after I got out of my marriage. And then COVID happened. And it just really reminded me like, what's important, you know, about life and you know, living every day to its fullest. And so I'm like, you know what, like when COVID's over, I'm going to be more adventurous. I'm going to like jump from Canyon to Canyon like that guy. And, um, you know, uh, be more like optimistic and happy about, you know, what I have. Cause there's a lot that I, you know, that could have happened that didn't. I, I just continued to be inspired by her story. You know, this the, the pandemic reminded Carolyn of why it's so important to live life to its fullest. And let's face it, we really don't have the freedom to do that right now, do we? You know, most of us, for many of us, our freedom of movement has been restricted, you know, either by the government or, you know, for self-restrictions. Um, and, and that's how it's going to be. You know, it's going to be this way for some time until some threshold number of people get a vaccine. So in other words, there are many things that are out of our control right now. But one thing that we do have control over, and this is kind of what was, you know, Carolyn inspired this in me, is our attitude. Now, I know many people have told me that, you know, I just can't wait for 2020 to be over as if, you know, when the ball drops on New Year's Eve in an empty Times Square, you know, all of this madness will go away. And believe me, I totally understand that sentiment. I'm sure I've expressed the, the same sentiment to other people. But here's the thing. We can lament all the things that we've missed out on because of the pandemic. Or we can choose to focus on the silver linings that are hiding in plain sight, included the added time that we've been given for our own reflection and our own self-care. You know, for those of us who are married and you know, we, we've been given the chance to spend more time with our spouses, those of us with kids uh, at home have had more time with them. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I'm aware and very well aware of the challenges of having too much time together, you know, pose. 
Um, but one thing I've learned from Carolyn and some of the other people that, that, that I interviewed last week, maybe if you guys like this, maybe I'll, I'll share other stories like this in the future. But things I've learned is that we can choose to look at this as a gift or we can choose to look at this as a punishment. And the reality is that this virus is not within our control, you know, for the most part. Yeah, we've got to wear the masks, wash the hands, do the social distance. Um, that's all within our control. But the virus is going to do what the virus is is kind of designed to do. Um, the point is it's not really within our control, but, but we can control how we frame our own situations. You know, those of us who choose to dwell on all the things that we're missing will have quite a different level of happiness than those of us who choose to find the hidden gifts given to us as part of the pandemic. Now, Carolyn, who was a woman who had to leave her abusive husband, she, you know, fleed down to, you know, Texas, thousands of miles away, then was blindsided by a pandemic. She chose to find the silver linings. So who's to say we can't? Here are some of her final thoughts. Um, but to be honest with you, for me and mine, the pandemic hasn't, this has really taught us more about ourselves. And I really like, I, I've reinvented myself this year. Literally anyone who saw me in October of last year, they don't recognize me. And that's great for me. You know, like I get to be a new person and like, that feels good to say I did that. And I don't think I would have been able to do that without the pandemic. So there you have it. I, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to choose not to dwell on the things that I can't do. And instead, I'm going to focus on the little blessings I've been given, which include things like out of time with my kids. You know, they were all supposed to be, you know, living on different campuses right now, but now they're all home. They're all leaving their dirty dishes in the sink and all their blankets and clothes on the floor. Um, as much as those things aggravate me, uh, I'm going to view it as having, um, as being a blessing. I'm also going to enjoy the added time I have with my wife because I'm not flying all over the country interviewing people about God knows what. That's how I usually do my job. Now it's all over Zoom. But, um, you know, while I'm going to miss our date nights at our favorite tequila bar because we used to, you know, when, when times were different, uh, we used to go out to, to date nights and enjoy that. Now we're doing our date nights at home and I'm going to enjoy those date nights at home, uh, even though I don't have the same level of people watching, you know, we could always make up stories about people who aren't there. Um, I've also, you know, uh, going to take this time to finish writing a novel um, and, and getting that ready for publication. By the way, the novel's entitled The Ruin of Souls, which uh, sounds pretty bleak because it is actually a very dark story. Um, but there is some trademark uh, Mike Carlin humor in there. So uh, hopefully you look forward to that. And here's the thing. I know it's not always going to be easy, but these are the choices that I'm going to make. And I hope you decide to make them too. So like I said, when this uh, episode began, this is quite different than the ones I usually do. And I would really like to know what you thought, because, you know, frankly, I could uncork a lot of these stories from people. I, I have literally thousands of hours of interviews um, over the years that I could that I could go back into to find some human interest stories. And I thought, I like this, but, you know, I'm a researcher by trade. I want to see if you like it. So please uh, track me down. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook. You can search in all three of those uh, for Uncorking a Story, and that's how you'll find me. 
Now, I'm way too uncool for Snapchat. I actually have no idea how it works. Uh, don't ask me about TikTok either. Um, so those, those are not options. Uh, but you can, of course, visit uncorkingastory.com. You can go to the contact uh, tab at the top of the page, and you can find my contact information there. Or if you have a pen and pencil handy right now, pen or pencil, piece of paper, I don't know. It's getting late. Uh, you can email me at michael.carlin, that's C-A-R-L-O-N, michael.carlin at uncorkingastory.com. So as always, thank you for listening, and I do hope to hear from you soon.